You're listening to the Lost Chill Podcast with Katie and Kimmy. For years now, I have had the pleasure of listening to the wit, banter, and pure joy from these two, and now I invite you to share in the delight of listening to them discuss the books they're currently reading. Whether you are a fellow dedicated bibliophile or simply wish you had more time to read, you will love hearing the insight and discussions around the stories they dive into. So grab a cup of coffee or pour a glass of wine and let's jump on in. Katie and Kimmy, take it away. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Lost Chill Podcast, where the pronunciations are made up and the stars don't matter. I'm Katie. And I'm Kimmy. We are your marvelous hosts. Welcome to another episode of the Lost Chill Podcast. We can't wait to get into this week's book discussion. We've switched to every other Tuesday for releasing podcast episodes, but while you're waiting for those new episodes to drop, we will be releasing a new blog post every week. There is not an episode. Plus, you can always head over to Instagram and find us there. Over on Kimmy's Lost Chill, you can find me talking about nearly all genres of books with heavy Taylor Swift references, long, wordy reviews, everyone's favorite because after all, we're all readers, (laughs) and frequent pictures of Jackson, the mile high dog. He's famous, you know. True. Head over to Katie's Lost Chill for brief reviews that are always spoiler free. Plus, plenty of my traveling adventures and my dog Wrigley coming in cute with the photo bombs. Aww. We do also have an Instagram that's dedicated to just our podcast, which of course you can find at The Lost Chill. Be sure to follow us there so you never miss all of our exciting announcements from upcoming books we'll be featuring to Zoom chats we'll be hosting with authors, plus many more fun things on the horizon. Mm-hmm. So we're so happy to have you tuning in with us. Whether it's your first episode or you've been with us here from the beginning, Please let us know that you're enjoying the Lost Chill podcast by subscribing and leaving us a review. The more ratings and reviews we get, the more we're able to grow our podcast. So please do that. We'd appreciate it so much. All right. All right. I think it's time to get to the reason we're all here. Let's talk books. Is this my birthday present? What? You agreeing to read a Riley Sager book, <laughs> Survive the Night, and we're doing a podcast episode about this? Yep. Happy birthday, Katie. This is it for your birthday. That's all you get. Okay. And Billy Summers for Christmas. I can deal with that. And then I'm set for the year with you. Okay. Well, that works for me. So we're going to start this late night drive, but first, please be warned that there are a lot of spoilers in this episode. Survive the Night is a thriller that takes place for most of the time in a car, and it takes place in a single night. Charlie has decided to leave college after her BFF Maddie was killed by the campus killer. Dun, dun, dun. A serial killer who is on campus. No way. Here we go with the spoilers right away. (laughs) So Charlie is then heading up to the community board to post an ad trying to hitch a ride back home. She quickly, and by quickly, I mean instantly, finds a ride with Josh, who appears to be a student at the school, yet Charlie doesn't know him. As Charlie gets to know Josh, he's saying some things that make her think that she might have hopped in the car with the campus killer himself. The entire trip, we get a glimpse into Charlie's head where she's having hallucinations that are similar to movie reels. 
At times, she's confused if something is real or if it's one of her movie hallucinations. After a lot of conversations and driving, they end up at a diner where Charlie finally has a chance to get away. She calls her boyfriend, Robbie, from the payphone outside and tells him she is in trouble. Charlie doesn't run at this point and decides she's going to fight and going to make Josh pay for killing her bestie, since she has now decided that he is indeed the campus killer. She's going to make Josh pay with the help of a kind waitress at the diner, good old Marge. However, Marge isn't as kind as Charlie actually thought that she was, and Marge actually hired Josh to bring Charlie to her so that she could make her pay for not stepping in to do anything when her granddaughter Maddie was murdered by the campus killer. (gasps) Plot twist! (laughs) Um... (laughs) I honestly didn't read this very thoroughly. (laughs) Why? Uh, This is like the whole book spoilers, like right from the get-go. Not the whole book. Well, that's the pretty big, I mean. Do you want to take something out? No. Okay. I mean, it's fine. It's kind of hard not to with this book. Like, No, you always feel like you need to tell. You feel like you need to retell the story. I do. In the synopsis. I do. (laughs) Where are we? Here's where the story starts to get more and more wild. Charlie stabs Josh, held captive by Marge. Fire starts. Charlie escapes. Josh comes back to save Charlie, but then ends up getting shot by Marge. What? Can you keep up? No. Well, go read the book. We're going to discuss it. So. So throughout the story, there's a ton of movie references and 90s references. Riley Sager even has a list of all of the movies that were referenced in this book on his website. Did you catch all of them? Did you look? Were you excited? I did look because he was talking about it. I did an author chat with him a couple months ago and he was talking about it on there. And there's even, I think if I remember correctly, there's links to where you can find the movies. There's a lot of references. There was like over a hundred, I think. I didn't get most of them, I'm sure. I didn't get most of them, honestly. Okay. Um, Well, we have more to talk about than just movies. This is this is a movie or book podcast. Who knows? Or Taylor Swift. Definitely Taylor Swift. Definitely Taylor Swift. She comes back stronger than a nineties trend, if you didn't know. I think that's probably why Riley Sager did that in this book. It was for Taylor Swift? Yes, because she said the nineties in a song and he was like, Yep, doing it. I don't even know what to say to that. Anywho, so this is Sager's fifth book. How many of his have you read now? This was my third, fourth. Fourth. Third. Okay, so how does it compare to the third. others that you've read? This was my third. I'm trying to think of what his the other book that I haven't read is. Have you read Final Girls? I have not. Have you read... Home uh, Before Dark, Lock Every Door, Survive the Night, and then what's the other one that I'm missing? Hold on, I have his website I wasn't up. counting... Uh, oh, the last time I lied. So I did okay. not read that one. So and those are his first two books. So Lock Every Door um, is definitely more paranormal. It's almost like a retelling of the haunted, the house on haunted, the house on haunting hill. I can never say that title right. Maybe we'll produce a guide the to help you. House, the haunt, the, yeah, whatever. Y'all know what I'm talking about, I'm sure. Um, 
<laughs> Kimmy doesn't, but I'm sure somebody out there does. Um, Home Before Dark is severely messed up and a really good book. Um, but Lock Every Door is probably the most paranormal that there is out there of his. Do you like paranormal? I do. Okay. Yeah. Why did you seem so judgy? Because I thought you were like just very... Well, I guess that's where your ghost stories get. I think in my mind, I was just expecting pure horror, but then I keep seeing paranormal crop up. And then I guess, is that like ghosty things? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes sense then. Um, yeah, I enjoy paranormal books and movies and jump scares like that until it happens in real life. I'm not a fan of, of like being scared in real life if that makes sense when i attended that book tour virtual talk that he did he was asked why he chose this setting of the 90s and he said it's because he went to high school in the 90s and college in the 90s and it was one of his favorite times in life and also there was no cell phones so big part of this book no cell phones. Yeah, technology can put a real damper on criminal activity. Mm-hmm. So this is definitely more thriller than horror, which we kind of already touched on a smidge there. Was this too much for you? Perfect amount of thrill? What did you think? I think it was a good amount. Well, I think it was probably not enough. I don't know. Really? I didn't find it that thrilling. No? no. Not even at the end? No. No? No. Really? No. Hmm. I'm definitely surprised. (laughs) I don't know. It's a campy book. It gives off 90s horror movie vibes, quote unquote, slash spoiler alert. Mm Mm-hmm. The story is unrealistic in a lot of parts, aka most of it, which is probably why I wasn't that thrilled. And in order to enjoy it, the reader needs to suspend... A lot of initial disbelief in order to enjoy it. So clearly I'm saying that that took away a lot from me and kept the thrills from happening. How did it, did it add to the story? Did it take away? How did that play out for you? I don't know. Sometimes I struggle to kind of remove myself from reality in stories like this. So backstory on the talk that I attended, I know I keep referencing it, but, um, he talked in there and I read, I attended the, the book tour before reading the book. Okay. And he brought up the fact that you kind of have to suspend your thoughts of reality to be like, okay, but not enough. So to be like, Oh my God, this is, this is ridiculous. You know? So I kind of already had that expectation going into it that it was kind of going to be a little bit unrealistic at times so he also was talking about you know just ways that he needed to keep her in the car without having too much disbelief and that's why all there was why there was so much dialogue in keeping her in the car and the hallucinations and and things like that so I kind of already expected that but maybe I had a little bit of a leg up because I knew that already and you go into books blind Usually you do too, but I do. You were pumped yeah. for him in this, so I get it. Well, 
To each their own. <laughs> I hated Charlie the entire time. I thought she was dumb, extremely unreliable. She was an extremely unreliable narrator. On top of the hallucinations and not being able to decipher her hallucinations from reality, she made just bad decisions in general. What were your thoughts on her? Did she have any redeeming qualities for you? I also found her dumb and hated her. Okay. Okay, we can agree on that. I didn't feel like there was necessarily consistency in the hallucinations. As far as... I guess I don't know how much they... I guess I don't know enough about hallucinations like this. But, you know, sometimes they were like her friend, her dead friend, bursting into the bathroom. And then other times we found out that he was lying, but they were like, oh, conversations just written over and yeah, kind of like that. And so, I mean, I guess that was part to going along with it because he wanted you as a reader to not even know what was real and what was a hallucination. Right. But it wasn't believable to me ever. My biggest issue with the hallucinations were based on everything that I know, which isn't a terrible amount of knowledge just from what I learned way back in school was they're not like you're having a dream. It's like we're watching a movie. We're watching a movie. It's we're having this conversation and I see dead friend Maddie over your shoulder. You know, it's not this out of body experience, which is to me, that's what it sounded like she was having where she's like just blank face looking like she's maybe having a, uh, I don't even know what the right word, but just zoning out, zoning out. Yeah. And where Josh was like, are you there? Are you listening? You know? So I, I think that that was completely portrayed poorly for anybody that has auditory or visual hallucinations, if that makes sense. I just don't think it was portrayed accurately. Yeah, and I wouldn't trust that it is how he's already asking people to go and suspending some disbelief. So right. That took away from me. Did it. So do you... Just, so when you have an unreliable narrator, does it immediately turn you off from the story? No. No. Some people it does. That's why I was just curious. There are times when, so one of my new favorite things that's happening with books that I'm reading (laughs) is I find something that I think I hated Mm -hmm. and then I find out it's just done wrong so many times. And that is like, um, I thought I hated unreliable narrators, but usually I feel like authors think unreliable has to mean unlikable. And so they're oh. they're often both as opposed to just one. Like Girl on the Train. Yeah. She was also just dumb Unlikable. and stupid and alcoholic and whatever. But then in I Killed Zoe Spanos, I loved her. She was so lovable. That's true. But very unreliable. Yeah. And so... Yeah. If it's done correctly and they're not combining thing and thinking like unreliable and unlikable... You can do it where it's not both. But, you know, I'm just trying to think, like, did Charlie ever do anything to be unlikable other than be unreliable? She was just a jerk and selfish and... Well, I mean, she was grieving. After being a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) 
Because, I mean, even regardless, even without the hallucinations, which made her really unreliable, she was still dumb. Yeah. And thus unlikable. And it was like watching a 90s horror film when you're like, don't go in that dark room yeah. where the serial killer is and just making bad decisions. And- yeah, but that was also a lot of his intention is to give yeah. it that feel. But it's also extremely frustrating as a reader. Yeah, so I don't think she was likable either. She was just... I don't feel that she had any qualities that were likable or really unlikable either it was just like pretty bland yeah other than like her hallucinations she was just and her friend being killed like she really didn't have a story no my parents died like it was just almost like too grief stacked but not very much depth yeah Hmm. it was almost like let's have these things happen to her so she has trauma but it's not in any way, shape, or form that we can relate to or understand. Yeah. And actually, I just came up with a theory on that that ties into our next question. So, um, all right. I figured out who... I feel like I'm bragging here, but I'm not. I figured out who the campus killer was way before the end of the book. Um, was this obvious to you yes well? it okay. was so obvious okay did it hinder the story at all yes yeah this whole book felt really predictable to me so like a campy 90s movie i guess i don't watch a lot of <laughs> oh. them so i wouldn't know yeah, okay okay i'm probably the wrong Fair target enough. for this but also going back to you like saying oh like i'm bragging like you thought i might not have figured that out no <laughs> I'm a little offended but also i'm reading a book right now I feel like I know what's going to happen, and I feel like very proud and boasty about that. I'm like, I bet I'm the only motherfucker who sees this coming. <laughs> That's why I said that. <laughs> like, so- I am the only person ever to figure out who the campus killer was before revealing it. Right? Yeah. And it's funny. I, we totally get like that when we read books. Oh my, my book gosh. I'm reading isn't so even silly. a thriller. Yeah. It's like some fantasy like with shit happening and i'm like oh i know who this guy's secret identity is and it doesn't even isn't even revealed he has a secret identity i just know (laughs) and no one else ever has ever (laughs) so brilliant (laughs) silly oh it's so funny because it's like you think you're special you really do (laughs) when you're not that that was maybe intended i don't know it's weird. It It is a fine line, I will say that, with, like, thrillers and mysteries. Because you, I think you want to feel that way where you think you have it figured out, but you don't think anyone else does. Right. I think that does help make it feel better. Because it, like, but to me, it felt very predictable and obvious. So I wasn't that thrilled. But I hate, like, ugh. I want to... If it comes out of left field, that's also much worse. You got to like get that balance right. Yeah. Yeah. Because if it's too just, oh, that's not right at all. Then you end up disliking yeah. the, the book even more. But I don't know. I, I get so torn where I'm like, sometimes I really enjoy figuring it out. And sometimes I don't. But I enjoyed 
this because there was another twist. Okay, so yeah, we haven't talked about that one yet. Is it the end of the book you're referring to? It's the end of the book okay. I'm referring to. So it was foreshadowed at the very beginning with how it was written. Did you go back? Yeah. Or did you just pick it, up on it? Uh, I remembered. Oh, okay. This time I didn't around. pick because this up. Because it was, let me see if I can find it real quick because I have it up here. Because I don't remember anything at the beginning of the book. The very beginning of the book is fade in, parking lot, the middle of the night, nowhere. Like introducing the scene in a movie. Oh, I did not pick up on that whatsoever. And it's like, yeah. Maybe you're the only one to ever pick <laughs> up on that. Wow, maybe I am. <laughs> I hope you are. <laughs> okay, so it was there. And then at the end, it it mirrors that introduction, which is why I was like, oh, that was saying it is a movie. Mm-hmm. And that's the twist in the end. Although it's a movie about the real life events that happened to Charlie... So it's not all fiction. Right. Yeah. So it's not based like, on the true it's, life. It's story. not a movie yeah. pulled out of thin air. It's based on Charlie and she's watching it and how the details change. Specifically that Charlie goes back to Marge in the end, shows the tooth, shows she caught the campus killer and got revenge mm-hmm. and helps Marge get that closure, mm-hmm. which didn't actually happen as Marge shot herself mm-hmm. before that could happen. Um, we also found out that Charlie wound up marrying Josh. What do you want to unpack first? That's a lot. Well, it is a lot. Um, we're going to travel on back in time here to a question about... We're going to rewind? Five, we're rewind. I can't make that noise. I don't know what that was. <laughs> Definitely not. sounded like an Ewok. (laughs) I'm not really sure what that was. (laughs) We'll just pretend it didn't happen. Yeah, it didn't. Okay. What? We're going to go back to the question about the unreliable narrator that we just unpacked there. I had an epiphany when we were talking about it. Great Taylor Swift song. (laughs) Go on. My epiphany was, we never got to know the real Charlie. We only know the movie version of her. Mm. That's all. (laughs) No, I'm just... (laughs) But my epiphany was we never really got to know her. So we don't really know if she's completely unreliable. We don't like the movie version of Charlie. That's probably often edited and condensed to make it cohesive in the story. Okay. So we might love Charlie. We might not. We probably won't. I don't know. All I can say is we don't know her. You're quite the optimist. I know. Seven. So the Charlie we got to know in the movie is the only one in this book. So that's the only one there is possible to know. You don't want to talk about hypotheticals? Library. Okay. (laughs) She does not get to meet a real midnight library of all her different potentials and possibilities because she is. Fake. No Mrs. Elm? This is very meta. 
Or it's like a book about a movie about a fake character, but she might be real, but we... Uh, no. This is too far. <laughs> Leave too my far. epiphany alone. I'm the only one to ever come up with it. Ever. Oh, gosh. Okay. That was beautiful. Thank you for sharing. I was so proud of that epiphany. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just a little too much for it me. It is. It's pretty deep. It's, it's a rabbit hole, we'll say. Yeah. Maybe I'll find somebody to talk about it on Instagram with. Anybody out there want to talk about how we don't really know Charlie and what the possibilities of the real Charlie are? Hit me up at the Katie's at the Katie's at Katie's Lost Chill and we'll talk. I honestly didn't like Josh either. And so for her to wind up with him makes me dislike her again. But we don't know the real Josh either. (laughs) Shut up. You didn't know I was going to say that. Okay, you did. But (laughs) why didn't you like Josh? Because he was fucking with her just to fuck with her. Yeah. Oh, I could tell you were a little skeeved out by the rando driving you home. and He pretended to be a student. And so I'm going to make weird teeth comments and then tell you you're hallucinating because you... Like, why? I believe... In the deepest depths of my heart, real Josh would not do that. Don't look at me like that. It probably didn't happen because he probably just has a heart of gold, but it made the movie better. Yes. It's based on actual events. So he was in the car with her. Food for thought. I'm just creating conversation here. And just still okay to lead her to some psycho lady? Well, he didn't know what she was going to do. Real Josh or fake Josh. Now I've made this too complicated. The person in the book did not know what he was leading her to. Okay, but is that not sketchy AF? Sure. He was a bounty hunter. Yeah. That was his job. Yeah. Okay. He should not have taken that. That was morally unethical, I feel like. I don't necessarily know that... Bounty hunters have all the morals. I mean, Dog the Bounty Hunter seems to have some pretty good ones. He has hearts to hearts with those criminals, and he tries to help them out once he catches them. To me, that seems to have morals a little up here. I bet if some rando, grandmother or not, was like, hey, go pick up this college chick for me and bring her here, I bet he wouldn't do it. That is the sign of a shady bounty hunter and all the prestigious, morally bound bounty hunters. I just don't like him. No. No. Why are you doing that? Might as well just be a human trafficker. Basically what he is. That's legit. Yeah. He's trafficking humans. Mind blown. Yeah, I guess... It's one thing if they actually, like, have a bounty on their head and they are a fugitive from the law and, you know, wanted for being an actual criminal. And then there is proof and reasons why. Do you think that because Charlie already thought that Marge was on the up and up that maybe he thought that she was on the up and up too and just sort of underestimated what she was going to do because she's an old lady? I don't care who asks you. Don't go kidnap a girl. Okay, but what if grandma is looking for her granddaughter and says, can you go find her for me? Okay, what story are you going to tell me that will make me do that? Sell it. Come on. I have lost touch with my granddaughter, 
who I love dearly and I'm dying and I need to give her my fortunes. Okay, tell her that. I have no way of contacting her. So why would I? Because you're a bounty hunter and you have access to... So I can give her a message for you. Call your grandma. She has money. If she doesn't even want to call you for money and fortunes, Mm. you must be pretty fucked up, grandma. You must have traumatized her and messed her up in some way if she won't even talk to you for money. Hmm. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. I think it's messed up too. Okay. I'm just, Thank that's you. really what I'm trying to do here. I'm just progressing conversation. That's all I'm here for is conversation. All right. So, uh, I have a dentist appointment after this. It's almost two thirty. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what kind of shady ass <laughs> dentist do you see at nine o'clock at night? <laughs> Is it a bounty hunter that's going to traffic you? You know I have weird dentist stories, but that's neither here (laughs) nor there. Let's talk about that tooth. Snaggletooth? It could have been. We don't know. Maybe it was helpful. You know, honestly, probably in real life, but not the movie. (laughs) Sorry. I'm going to make this joke all the time now. Anyways, so basically... The campus killer that we've discussed numerous times has killed three ladies on campus. His trademark is that he rips out a tooth. The canine. The canine. And this is not common knowledge because the police don't want copycats or whatever. They want to know, you know, is this just a random college murder or is it the campus killer? Because apparently they have a lot and have to differentiate in this way. (laughs) The 90s were a difficult time. (laughs) So that's what we were talking about with Josh and his weird jokes is they were playing 20 questions and he describes a tooth to her that she guesses. And that's why she's like, oh, my God, like, why would he do that? And blah, blah. blah. How did he even know about that? I was just about to ask you that because I do not remember. Okay, let's just suspend our belief for a moment. He had a reason. I feel like. Or maybe the director just told him to do that. Well, maybe Marge knew and told him. Oh, yeah. Maybe that was it. So then he did know why he was going. Did he? I don't know. I don't remember. (laughs) That wasn't like the biggest part of the story. We totally prepped for this. Totally. By reading the book weeks ago. It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) So um, then in the end... It's actually not Josh. Because who comes to save her? Robbie. Who's Robbie again? Her boyfriend. Hmm, and what does she find in Robbie's glove box? Some teeth. Oh, dearie. This can't be good for Robbie. <laughs> no, it cannot. So we already discussed about how we predicted this. It was weird. I don't know. That whole end. It was theatrical. <laughs> it was. How can you not know that your boyfriend's a serial killer? I mean, I guess. I get. I go back to BTK. Bind, torture, kill. You don't remember that? No. Serial killer? No. Who was uh, very... Actually, he was on uh, the most recent season of Mindhunter. He was also 
uh, there's also a Stephen King book called The Good Marriage where he's referenced a lot as well. But the Bind Torture Kill or BTK Killer would, he was an alarm salesman and he would go and install alarms and then go back and kill the women. He would bind and torture them and, and then, then kill what? them. Oh. Kill. Okay. Not set free and live happily ever after. Hmm. But he was a Boy Scout troop leader and this upstanding citizen in his little Kansas community. So I'm like, his wife and kids had no idea that he was a serial killer. He wasn't like super shady or anything like that. So it's like, I'm like, oh, well, there are people out there who don't know that their husbands are serial killers. So I guess I can't really use that question anymore. Oh, I just read this book that was fucking terrible. And it was called Harlem Shuffle. And in it, this guy, he he was like, oh, upstanding citizen, quote unquote, family man, which I never saw, but then like shady guy at night and doing weird dealings out the back alley. He would like disappear at midnight every night while he was like planning these heists. And I'm like, is this just what in the 60s, like husbands can just do whatever? I'm stepping yeah. out, honey. Yeah. And I was like, what? But, and so, I mean... When did that change? Like, that's only 30 years later from Harlem Shuffle to BTK. I don't know when that was. That was was in the 90s. 90s. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess you don't know. I don't know. Maybe we're just in such a good age where we're super crazy and stalk everyone's cell phone and put trackers on them. Definitely not us. That we can know if someone was being a serial killer so much easier now. Yeah. They can hide a lot more. What are you doing in this heavily wooded area, honey? Right. Weird. I don't know. I also recently read the Stephen King book. I was just talking about The Good Marriage. Mm -hmm. And same premise. She didn't know her husband was a serial killer. That's crazy. It would have been a lot easier for that kind of thing to happen back in the day, I suppose. That book was set in the early 2000s. Mm. Well, they didn't have tracking like they do. No, no, You no. couldn't even have internet on your phone, really. And if you did, no. you have to exit quickly so you don't <laughs> so pay, pay dollars for, for a web page. You still had to pay per text message at that point. Yes. And could only fit characters like you're on Twitter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You would get like 15 text messages for the same. Yeah, and then you'd always be like, wait, what did I even say? And it comes in backwards and yeah. Oh, what a mess. Yeah. If you're born after 1998, you probably don't know the trials and tribulations that we're talking about right now. <laughs> I had some cool phones. Like the pink razor? Yes. Oh, yeah. I had, uh, I had one. It was a flip phone, but it had like this like rotating camera. Oh. So I could hold it up and it could be on you, but then I could roll just the camera only back towards me for selfies. It was like first level selfies. But they were shitty selfies because <laughs> so, they were super. They were so good. Okay. <laughs> you didn't have three cameras looking at you like on our iphones i don't you know i still have like the eight right is that i guess there's two on mine you have a button yes i have a button okay that's why i didn't realize it was that old i thought you okay i'm gonna sell it to the museum soon well you did keep like the six for like six years i remember that I'm not keeping up with the Joneses here. I'm just calling my husband and texting my duchai. Duchesses. Anyways. For- so in this book, 
Survive the Night by Riley Sager, there was a lot of dialogue. That's what keeps moving the stories in with, you know, maybe a hallucination, maybe not. We don't know. Did either of these types of dialogue ever become too repetitive? Did it feel like filler? Yes. How, how did you feel like it was? Okay. Yes. Did you think it was repetitive? It all felt like filler. I don't, I don't know. Repetitive, yes. Yeah. It was just... And again... I, I kind of had information that not every every reader would get attending that talk with him beforehand. But he even said, he was like, it was difficult to come up with dialogue that was going to keep her in the car and thing like keep the story moving. And I think knowing that, that's maybe why it seemed repetitive to me. Yeah. And one of the huge times when I really disliked Charlie Mm -hmm. is her lack of trust for herself. But that one point at the uh, toll booth, Mm -hmm. that one was so stupid. Like, oh, maybe I just hallucinated everything, so I should stay or like at least give him the chance to figure out either way. But then the story would have been over. I know. Because it was a shitty story. It should have been. (laughs) Actually, it could have gotten real good. Okay, how? here's how it could okay. have gotten better. All right, let's let's hear it. Because then she calls her boyfriend from the toll booth the fucking actual campus killer. Uh huh. And and then she's out with him, and then she thinks she finds the engagement ring while he's going to get coffee and making her feel better. But it's not the engagement rings. And then she sees teeth, and then she comes back and she hides the teeth, and then she's just switched drivers. But he can keep it going. With someone she's supposed to trust, but she can't know she stopped trusting him. And now he's like, why are you acting so weird? Does he kill her? Mm, yeah. Yeah? Yep. She ends up dead? Yep. Just because you didn't like her. <laughs> Is that not how we handle the situation? <laughs> no. no. I'm saying the story could have continued. I, I actually would. Uh... And like then wouldn't it have been like, what are the odds that boyfriend just happens to take her to Marge's, but then the other guy shows up and then she's really freaked out. And, so Marge and she wants to go back to him for help. See, I could I should write books. Marge wouldn't even be a character then. No, she would. Because the toll booth was before the diner. No, but Marge hired Josh. Right. So Marge hires Josh. Yeah. Josh picks her up. She gets scared and spooked. She yeah. runs at the toll booth. Robbie comes to pick her up and saves her. Is wants to help, you know, calm her down after she's spooked because, and she, she unloads on him. Oh, I think I was with the campus killer. I think I was. Right. And so then, yes. So I have to, I have to figure out when she finds the teeth and when her suspicions switch, but she's unloading. They're hanging out with Marge and then that guy shows up and she gets really freaked out. Josh shows up. Mm -hmm. And so then Marge is like, what? Like, why is she still here, but not with you? And like, everyone, like, it's a little oh, tense. We can't going. figure out what it is. And so then he's like, oh, hey, I'll go settle the tab while you go back in the car. And then she finds the teeth. But then Marge mm-hmm. needs her back in. And then she's like, oh, God, do I go with Marge? Do I go with my boyfriend, the actual campus killer? Hmm. Well, she didn't trust Marge anyway when, before she knew that Marge with, with was trying Josh. to kill her. I know. It was a mess. She was a mess. She was dumb. I could have made this book better. 
excuse me, Mr. Singer. Not at all pretentious. Can, can we uh, have an edit here real quick? Do you like 90s horror thriller no. movies like this? Okay. No, I don't. But my husband does. So I've seen some. Okay. I don't like them. I just Maybe this is why. <laughs> They're an acquired taste. <laughs> They're, it doesn't sound like you've acquired it. I haven't. I, I enjoy my fair share of horror movies. I like the pop culture symbolism behind it, like uh, uh, Jason and Freddy and all of those, but they're not my my go-to for horror at all, really. That's fair. Yeah, I I prefer modern day stuff. Bring back butterfly clips. Yeah, we already brought those back. Yeah, we did. <laughs> and uh, those uh, chokers. Uh, so what are those even called? Chokers. Just, but there's different kinds of chokers. You know what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, I the had ones... to, like I had the fancy. Yeah, ones like the velvet from, one from icing. Oh, remember icing? Like the fancy Does icing clears? still exists. No. Oh, okay. Uh, it was just like metal with like diamond. Damn Gen Zers ran him out of business. Yeah! <laughs> We're obviously in a mood tonight. <laughs> yep. All right. So truth time. I have read a lot of reviews on this book. Probably too many. One might say. And a lot of them start out with the exact same sentence. Let me start out by saying I am a huge Riley Sager fan, but <laughs> dot, dot, dot. There does not seem to be a middle of the road with this book. You either love it or hate it. What are your thoughts on this book? Do you recommend it? What do you think about this being your first Riley Sager book? Lots of questions coming at you. I hate it. I do not recommend it. And I never want to read another Riley Sager again. Fair enough. <laughs> that does not surprise me. Yeah, I'm sorry so, that you hated it. I, I I get that he has better ones. He does. I'm probably not going to... I'm not interested. Yeah. Um. I keep looking for Final Girls when I go to the bookstore and I can't find it because that is one I'd like to own. Allegedly, that is his best one. I'll let you know. I liked the other two that I read. Yeah. So Riley Sager is for you a bookstagram made me do it kind of fella. Mm-hmm. Did you even hear of him before Bookstagram? Nope. So he's very popular over there. Everyone loves him, has read numerous of his books, and this book was all over the place when it was coming out. People were hyped. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't your first. It wasn't most people's first. You've read three out of five. Did you write any reviews that started out with, I love Riley Sager, but... Or did you love it from the start? Would you recommend it? I would not recommend it as your first Riley Sager book. <laughs> Oopsie. <laughs> Oopsie. Uh, I'll start out with that. Um, I am pretty torn on this one just because I'm a fan of his and I know what he's capable of, but this just did not hit the nail. This didn't hit the mark. And it's unfortunate because it could have been so much better. Just read Kimmy's version. <laughs> It'll be out later this fall. Um, just kidding. Um, but it, it had so much more potential, and I'm sad that it just didn't go further than it 
could have and should have really. He's a suspenseful writer. Um, the author that was with him on the tour was Taylor Adams, who I had never heard of, who wrote Hairprint, Hairpin Bridge, which is allegedly similar to this book. It's being made into a Hulu movie. I have the book. I have not read it yet. So I'll let you know which is better. Maybe you can read that one. Maybe not. <laughs> or maybe not. <laughs> See if there's any teeth in there that... Oh, I do. I, I'm i glad you brought that up again because I did want to mention. Yeah? I think it's funny when... Because teeth are weird and creepy. Yeah. Right? Do you keep your kids' teeth? No. What do you do with them? Throw them away. Okay. What do you do? I don't know because I'm not the tooth fairy. Because I'm usually asleep. Um, but I'm pretty sure they get thrown away. I think they're disgusting. They're bones that fall out of your face. Uh, so anyways, where I was going with that before you asked me, have you read Sharp Objects by Jillian Flynn? Uh, I don't believe I've read that one. Have you seen it? I no. think James just watched it. I'm pretty sure he has talked about this before. Yes. So. That has teeth in it? Then I definitely have not read it. Yeah. Are the teeth the sharp objects? I guess you'll have to read and find out. Do I need to? Yes. You liked it? Yeah. Oh, okay. I read all of her books. Did you? I, they're good. They're very creepy and disturbing, which you love. I do. I think you would really like it. Yeah. Okay. I'll add it to my ever dwindling tbr pile do it it's spooky season it's spooky season i got lots of spooky books on the agenda i don't me, know if you know that too. Lots of i have the wife upstairs because we got reckless girls okay have you read any of her books before mm -hmm. i haven't either i'm excited but do you remember too. someone told us when we first started this podcast that we should do that book no yes <laughs> <laughs> it just came back to me that's great <laughs> I don't remember who it was, but they told us to do that. So we'll, well, I, I, which one are you going to read first? I want to read The Wife Upstairs first. Okay. Because we have time like January for Reckless yeah, Girls. Yeah, it's like super far away. But, but I'm going to read it for Spooky Season. Yeah. Well, Wife Upstairs anyways. Yeah. I've already started on Spooky Season because I'm reading all the Stephen King books. And then I don't know if I have any other spooky. Oh, I have local... Missing girl, missing Ooh. local girl, whatever local it is. Local girl missing. Local girl missing. It's okay. Dyslexia is apparently my thing tonight. Um, I do have the ones in Future Witches, which isn't spooky. It isn't? I don't think oh. so. But there's witches. Yeah. So that, I mean, it counts. Yeah. I just don't think it's like creepy. Probably we'll read Hour of the Witch. Any other spooky seasons? I'm trying to get a little spookier, but. I read a lot, I feel like, back-to-back -back for this, from, like, Survive the Night to Billy Summers to maybe a few others. Yeah, that's why I just had to take a, a little bit of a break from the thrillers, because I was having some really bad dreams. Oh, no. Yeah, because I, I uh, listened to Salem's Lot right before bed, which 10 out of 10 do not recommend, and then I had terrible dreams, and uh, then I took a little bit of a break and moved on to... Uh, Sarah J. Moss. So, uh, so I'm reading 
from Blood and Ash by Jennifer Armentrout. Mm-hmm. And she actually thanked Sarah J. Moss. Really? So. For inspiring her? I don't, or? Know. Okay. I don't know. I just thanked her. Oh. Well, we can thank her too. Thank you, Sarah J. Thank Moss. Thank you. Thank you. We hope that you enjoyed this week's episode of the Lost Chill Podcast. Please help our podcast to reach more listeners by subscribing and leaving a review. We read every single one together and jump up and down, screaming with glee every single time. So you know we just truly appreciate it. And that is a true story, folks. (laughs) It's very true. If you can't get enough of the Lost Chill podcast, check out our website, thelostchill.com, for blog posts and more fun. Also, consider becoming a Patreon supporter for exclusive content and swag. We are constantly improving and growing our offerings, so be sure to check back often. If it's additional reviews and cute puppies that you're after, follow us on Instagram at Katie's Lost Chill and at Kimmy's Lost Chill. Follow The Lost Chill as well to get all of the latest information on upcoming books to be featured, upcoming author chats, giveaways, and so much more. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time. Bye. Aww.